welcome to the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. I'm Sam Melancon from Debacle Records. And every week we pick a Rancid song and we talk about it and all the compli- complicated feelings we have about it. Um, this week was my pick and for the fifth episode I decided we need to talk about Rancid's fifth album, so I picked Let Me Go. Okay, cut the show. It's impossible, it ain't easy. Opportunity shift in here. All right, so Let Me Go was on their second self-titled album, their fifth album, also known as Rancid 2000, Rancid 5, I don't know, it has a lot of names. Uh, it came out in August, on August 1st of 2000, was produced by Brett Gerwitz, of course. Uh, the song was written by Tim. They did make a video for it, it's the standard Rancid video of playing live and looking tough and all that no it does have a little bit more to it it's got a little bit more of the political sort of that's true that's true um but yeah so rancid five rancid 2000 i don't know what we want to call it um was a total curveball after so, so the trajectory they were on was you know, out come the wolves started introducing the kind of like ska, um, reggae elements, and then life won't wait. Like that went full on globe trotting. Yeah, everything soul, yeah. souls, reggae, like rock steady. Like they were just, yeah, these big bands and everything, you know, like these big ensembles. Yeah. And then the, in some way, I don't know, it felt like. So, like, in 98, when Life Won't Wait came out, I, like, I I mentioned in the Blood Clot episode, I think, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to what was going on with Rancid, but I vaguely, I mean, was there backlash around that album? I mean, people were... I'm sure there was. I, for me, it was like, this is everything. (laughs) The greatest thing ever. Yeah, (laughs) I I loved it in the the moment, especially, and still have a lot of love for that album, but I I do remember some of that. yeah. Yeah, so this is like the fuck you basically right away or something i don't know because it's so i'm not exactly sure what it is is it, <laughs> is it a like return to the roots because it doesn't sound like anything they've ever no. done before either but it you know it, like the people kind of famously say it it has that like db discharge but a lot of that's more in the like vibe like the cover and the tone they were going for than like every song yeah. having that didn't really sound like that to me, though I'm not an expert in that that side of like that super crusty sort of Europunk stuff. Um, but yeah, it was this sort of like reinvention of the reinvention. You know what I mean? Like they were right. it's like the classic, you know, re- record writing thing of like um, music writing thing of like back to basics or return to form, you know, or something. But it it was it wasn't even that. It was like let's be a new band all of a sudden. <clears throat> right? Yeah. I mean that it's. I, I yeah I remember when I first heard it thinking I, I was just kind of shocked because it didn't like it did sound like rancid but it also didn't at all it really did not everybody sounded was 
it's felt like everybody was actively trying to sound different on this record yeah i think that's um yeah that's a really good way to put it and so with this song my god there's so much going on <laughs> um yeah i guess the, uh, the place to start where the song begins is uh i mean tim's voice like yeah. And, and 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 the funny thing is, is it, for a while before I started really going back and listening to this album in the last year or so, however long it's been that I was really kind of reexamining my relationship with Rancid, I I remembered Tim's performance on the album all being like this, the super raspy, like it sounds mm-hmm. like he is gonna be dead in a week, yeah, like, um, but it's actually not. There's he's there's plenty of songs on here where he sounds like tim from the past records but then there's songs like this where i mean it is so abrasive the way like that it almost yeah. pain it's almost painful to hear like to think of how you get that sort of like grittiness in well your... i remember very specifically multiple interviews around this record he talked about that like he he was sort of like sheepishly talking about that he started smoking again Ah, yeah. <laughs> and I think I think they all kind of had started smoking a lot more than they were and um and and him, you know, that being like a theme around this record. I remember that this had a little bit of a whoop type backslid on a few things, you know, and cuz he was always struggling with substances right. and stuff. So like uh but I remember he was like, "Yeah, it's my one thing I still got." And you can hear it. I mean, the guy's Absolutely. obviously pushing himself really hard, and I wonder if the sessions were like do it again, do it again, do it again, because they wanted this, like, visceral thing. But, like, what's really cool, and you're probably going in this direction, is on this song specifically, the whole album's wonderful in terms of his performance is so visceral and intense. Not just, like, the voice is raw, but, like, he's on point. Like, his enunciation yeah. and stuff is on this whole other level for him, which is yeah. funny. Most people, you don't talk about that, but he has enunciation problems, you know? Like, uh, so do I, obviously. Um, but, uh, like... He's on this song. I mean, I guess we could think about talk about the song in the scope of this album a little bit before we go into it. But like on this song, he comes out harder than I've ever heard Mm -hmm. and more like on fire than I've ever heard him on almost anything. Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean that's kind of a recurring theme of this album, though, because there are so uh, you know not to talk about other songs, leave those for other episodes, but there are. So I can think of a number of moments where he is just, I mean, there's so much energy, uh, anger, yeah, I, like, um, I fully agree. Like Don Giovanni and poison and all these yeah. things. Right. And, but those have intensity, but I don't think they're as on point as no, yeah. this one. That um, makes, yeah. I, I think, I think he has the energy of this album, but on this song, he, He's just, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's the one of the best performances ever yeah. in the entire discography. For, just on, if, just keeping in his vocal performance. And, and you have no, I mean, are these your notes? Because I almost yeah. like, they feel like yeah. they're exactly my notes. Of this. So not to give away. I think we're tiptoeing around the song a little bit because we, there's some big bombs to drop here, you know, right. as it were. Right. But like... <clears throat> I guess to one other thing I would say about it before going kind of nuts on this is that <laughs> in general, this song doesn't belong on this album. If you take away the speed and the 
um, intensity of it, it's it's kind of an outlier. It's very long mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the album, meaning three and a half minutes or whatever. It feels like a single. It feels kind of like the sequel to Blood Clot. It's funny that we did Blood Clot a couple episodes ago. It kind of has that power and 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 sort of out the gates, big yeah. guitar sound and everything. But it's also the, this weird loosey goosey psychedelic song that I right. I mean, in my mind, he went off, you know, the perfect Rancid careers. He went off and made a hundred of these, you know, Right. Um, I mean, this is what I thought was going to happen. And so uh, it doesn't fit the record other than it kind of does, but it really is an outlier on the record. And so it was it felt like like, OK, well, let's have one single. But I, I, do, I, I don't know. It's like it's hard to t- talk about where to start with this one, because. I think we're on the same wavelength. Uh, we may as well just like get into it. But I think this is—it's the best rancid song ever. I—I I like, thought I was going to blow your mind and say that exact thing. <laughs> I no. seriously, like days ago, I was driving home from something and I was like, "I think this is the best." If you take all nostalgia out of it, if you take all yep. like, I was at first going to say if you take like lyrical content because there's stuff that might mean a little bit more to me. But this is one of the most on-point, incredible lyrics from Tim oh. ever. I mean, well, and it's, you know, it's 22 years old, and there's so much of it that... I mean, it's you could more release relevant this now today. than ever. Yeah. yeah, right. You could exactly. release this today, and it'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah. There's so many like- layers to the song, and I think we're going to struggle a little bit with this one to keep it tight, just because I have a lot to say, <laughs> and I think you do too. And it's, But I do, like, we may as well just rip the bandaid off and say, yeah. I 100% say this is the best Rancid song ever made easily. Yeah, I think no, I think so too. I think it's, um, which is funny. <laughs> I'm almost that, disappointed that like I don't have to convince you uh, of that. Like, no, it I, sucks. No, uh, <laughs> I mean the funny thing is, is you know we've a, a sort of recurring theme was talking about like being precious about things, and yeah, there's actually at least like I can think of two rancid songs I'm super precious about, and this isn't one of them, even though I think mm-hmm. it's their best song. Um, one of the other ones is actually on this album, but I'm not going to reveal what it is. I think I know, uh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, okay. So why is it the best song ever? So the performance, the lyrics, the, that wah, wah psychedelic guitar thing is so. It, it felt it's like, if you know, <laughs> we're falling over each other. <laughs> um, yeah. It, to me, I, I remember when I f- kind of remember when I first heard it and thinking, because at the time when it came like that i was starting to really get into it's funny i was like starting to get like really experimental music and i remember being really into um like the harmony of the spheres compilation and like Mm -hmm. this kind of Mm -hmm. spacey guitar music yeah and i remember thinking wow this is kind of it's like all the world's colliding but and it's done in this way though that it's so like it's so evocative to like this because the song has this feeling of just like burn it all fucking down like mm-hmm. and to me like this guitar it kind of ha- gave it this really almost like pretty kind of but spooky vibe i don't know it's so it, it's so different and it's it's on this album that feels in certain ways like a regression from life won't wait you know life won't wait to me was like oh there's all this promise of all the directions they could go right, right. and then they kind of close ranks and make this super tight four person punk rock hardcore grind almost album right and then but in the middle of it is this gem where it's like oh i wonder if that's where tim's gonna go and part of me really thinks that like you know you kind of have notes here of like 
Tim is basically rapping on this, and Tim's like sort of like insecurity with his own voice to be able to do a song like this. I feel like mm-hmm. is one of the reasons I was so mad. I I kind of knew that transplants was coming because mm-hmm. they were talking about it. And I was like, oh my god, like this is basically an early transplant song. I think, and mm. um, and I think that like in my head, I was like, well, well, if he goes further in this direction. With transplants, I'll be so happy. You know, him working right. out with Pro Tools and making like this solo, like semi-electronic and sampled hip hop record. That's like heaven to me. I, it sounds great. You know, show me more crazy him yeah. attacking crazy genres. And then I part of like you know on this list of kind of stupid teenage grievances I have with him is like <laughs> he slaps the dumbest motherfucker on the front of that that band yeah. and doesn't have confidence that he could make yep. that album himself with just some guests. You know what I mean? He he puts this guy in front that's this this idiot and can't can't rap even like you know like not oh, only is he an idiot he can't rap yeah. he has this horrible voice and he has horrible lyrics and all this thing and it, and but like in a lot of ways this song is sort of it's kind of a sliding doors moment of like this is yeah. where they could have gone this is where if Tim I want Tim to do this so much more um, and that, I know that's kind of go, going bigger than the song but it. I remember viscerally listening to that guitar and being like, also, I can't tell if that guitar is Lars or Tim or both because that part of it sounded too clean for Tim near the end. But yeah, um, I don't, I, I always kind of assumed it was Lars, but I don't know. And I don't know why I assumed that. I just, um, exactly. But in the video, he, Tim is the one with the wah pedal. That's true. But so, who knows, right? right. Like right. I, 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 I've, fully feel like every video version of their guitar stuff right. there's some trickery going on that i don't exactly know what's happening but like let's sorry that's kind of going bigger into the bigger themes but like let's let's keep talking about it. you have a note here about the bass which i was really being zoning in on uh this recent time of listening to it of like that bass tone is incredible yeah well especially on the like the bridge part where yes. it's just like and you can hear that he's clearly using a distortion pedal Yes. And it's so, oh my God, it's so, it, I mean, and it's, and it's also, this is kind of Matt at his more understated best. Like it still sounds mm-hmm. like Matt, but it's not the, you know, it's not like the radio yeah, <laughs> or the rest of this album. Well, I mean, yeah, this is that's like true. the Matt album, right? Like, I know, yeah. Is, there was somebody songs on... are like, just ha- Matt's going to go off for half the song. You know what I mean? And yeah. so. But you're right, and it's kind of in a way that bridge is very like it's funny how many parallels there are to blood clot in terms of like that they have that that bridge that lays back and let them all kind of play in a really relaxed way, or right. in this one more psychedelic way, right? But and he yeah. plays along in a way that you're like, yeah, this is this is good. Do this, like as a guy who loves 2000, and it's like always swapping for first place in my mind. I think you're at that same point. Like, I don't think it swaps anymore, but yes, we can get it. Okay, right it's, it, yeah, I'm <laughs> not sure exactly where it sits, but yes, it's right up there. And like, I love this record, but part of me is constantly going, I just want more of this. If you had gone in this direction and you had let go of the punk thing a little bit and just went into interesting music, you know, what, what punk really means to me and all these things versus, you know, this sort of very narrow view of what mm-hmm. punk is. I would have been the happiest person in the world. And that's a very, like, unfair thing to say. It's like, maybe right, they just thought right. this was a fun thing to do. But, like, for I'm, me, this is a me statement. Like, this is what a lot of my disappointment for the rest of their career is wrapped up in. You showed me the future on this song. Yeah, and then you just kind of walked away from it. Yeah. Which, you know, again, yeah, I mean, that gets into weird, um, heavier conversations. I mean, it's 
like who gives a shit what we think exactly like <laughs> but that, like, that's that's so unfair to them like they should do the thing they want to do but like but at the same time it's so i mean god that that bridge when i makes me so happy <laughs> back generation what a right view no one leaves home to go and help you watch cnn and then you know U.S. props come down, what you gotta do? Boom, 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 look around. There's no more roof, no more hail, no street, no dale. You know, the funny thing is, you know, thinking about this as a sequel to Blood Clot, whereas Blood Clot means absolutely nothing. Exactly. This is the complete opposite. I mean, it's about the America bombing, you know, foreign it's countries. It's about just like, and, the, like yeah, everything. And, and and it's funny, too, like, seeing, especially the, that second verse where, like, burn a book if you don't like the answers or join forces with an axe to grind um a list of hatred is easy to find there's this growing sentiment in america that's right now that's the right now if right you is right closely, wrong you can is... hear them all right is wrong right is right wrong is wrong and evil pause consider it bad behavior We're... oh my god that is an incredible line i know and i always thought it an evil question mark you know yeah yeah behavior. it's like an but... evil it's kind of like shrug yeah consider it bad behavior it's like whatever it's like this sort of moralizing, but then the evil undertone is just like, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, that's now. That's everything. <laughs> like, and, and it's so, what's very interesting. And I think you kind of call it out from a musical perspective is that it's a very, this is a song full of kind of balanced, like dichotomies because it's like the mm-hmm. lyrics are very political of the moment very aggressive very um pointed mm-hmm. but then the chorus is very oh. personal and very like just kind of classic punk pop punk like like hooky yeah. i just want to drop out I, like let me go you know is the whole concept of it you know like correction i need no direction let me go just one last time that um that feels very personal and very like i don't even know man i'm out of here you know like it's kind of a drop out right. tone to it but then the lyrics are uh, the lyrics on the verses are so pointed and aggressive and delivered in such an awesome way that I, I don't fully think I even to this day understand how those are supposed to play off each other. Do you have like a core understanding there? I, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I've I sort of think about it. I'm this is in very current terms, um, and you know. <laughs> Well, I'm going to get super political here. I don't give a shit. <laughs> turn off some listen- but I mean, you think about like things that are currently happening and, um, you know, un- unsurprisingly, I tend to vote for Democrats, but mm-hmm. why? Right. Like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. and so it's for, this feeling, yeah, exactly. right. Cause it, you know, it's all, well, you need to vote. It's like, okay, we voted. We gave you Congress. We gave you the fucking, but, and you're still, you still haven't done shit for me. And so when I see this, it's like, here's all this shit happening. And then they're like, let me go. It's just, is to me, it is, it's just kind of like, fuck that. Like, fuck it. I can't do anything about this. Like, fu- like, let me go. Le- like, yeah. just leave me. And so yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's what it is, but for me, that's kind of like, I think um, there's something in there. I think the sentiment is right for sure. Um, one, 100%. And you also kind of frame this as that same dichotomy as being like, this is a gnarly song, both in intensity, like the the verse parts being so heavy hitting yeah. and this like kind of rapping. And then of course the psychedelicness of the song. But then the chorus, as it's, you say, is it's like so catchy. 
It's, just, it's like the catchiest hook they've ever. Yeah. It sounds like something off of an elk on the walls, right? Right. Like it, it's like their catchiest record, like coming back to them. And there's also this funny thing that in in the verses or the leads, especially like the lead in, there's a moment where you're like, oh, is this going to be a ska song? Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially with that kind of that the wah guitar thing. Wah guitar. You could totally that see rhythm. that going into yeah. Yeah, and it. Uh, in a lot of ways, it feels like yeah. Here's a little bit of the past. Here's a little bit of our best stuff, and then here's a little bit of the future. Like with this wah, this sliding around, and oh man, like we keep talking about the bridge, but the thing that makes the bridge incredible and something I would never have thought I had heard on a Rancid album is the percussion. The percussion, mm-hmm. both from its tonal sound and performance, feels like we're listening to Fugazi or something. Like it feels like this, like when they would jam out and have the the bell and everything, you know, right, like, and that kind of like ratchet sound or whatever it is. Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. Oh my god, yeah. It's so good, and there's there's all sorts of stuff hidden in there, and it's like. It just felt like this letting go, quote, quote unquote, of, you know, I, I, a thing that has stuck in my mind about that is the emblematic conservatism of Rancid and kind of one of the things I was mad at Lars. This is, you know, take all that as like teenage <laughs> goofiness, not yeah. like reality. But like, uh, I remember a quote where he was like, yeah, you can have some pedals, but, you know, we, we don't have like... 20 guitars and like four guys comes out to like adjust our stuff between every songs and like we're just punk rock and you know he was kind of crapping on um equipment and trying to make different sounds and all these things and i remember being so mad at that sentiment (laughs) of like what the fuck does it matter man like make the you can it just is more sounds you can make like that's such a narrow-minded punk you know is these four things thing and it was like ooh, maybe there's a little bit of that loosening and then it kind of never comes back. So you wonder, like, do they think that this is a good, their best song is a really big question well, I have. Well, and, you know, I mean, I think you put this on here. It's like, do they ever play this live? I couldn't find any live I couldn't find it either. And, I mean, to be honest, it's there's not a lot of live performances of any of the songs on this album. There's a few, Yeah, like, it's true. There's a couple. Loki and Poison and everyone. Like, but it's, I, think they, I think Black Derby Jacket gets on yeah, a few things. But, it's not yeah, they don't. Often. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's built into the way they want to play live. And then um, I'm also going to imagine like some of these songs would be really uh, thinking of the vocal. Perfor- I mean, doing I, it over and over. Yeah. Oh my God. Just rip your vocal cords to well, Loki. Speaking of like doing yeah. Loki every night for, for yeah, large, right. but, but we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just, it's hard to sum up how, like if you listen, I've listened to the song a lot in the last few days mm-hmm. and it keeps giving me more and it feels at first like this big pop anthem right mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it just but the more you turn it up the more you listen to the layers of the song you're just like that feels like a mature interesting version of rancid that i would have loved mm-hmm. and and as much as i love this record probably number one for me just like you um and as much as i you know have coming to grips of loving a whole lot of rancid right now <laughs> I, you know, and like as much as I already went through many times over my disappointment of like Tim doing different genres with transplants sucks ass, you know, and like, you know, like, like I still get a little tinge of wistfulness for like what could have been a little bit whenever I listen to this song. Yeah, I mean, as I I mean, I I, I love this record so much, but it's on this is going to sound weird, but in some ways it's like kind of the most disappointing record because of the possibility it presented. And then it just kind of 
then they went into kind of what you would have expected a life well weight sequel which yeah we, you know we were talking about it you know might might actually have its merits i think right. we there's a lot of stuff we'll talk about with that album but like i i think the other thing to note is i, I had kind of made a little drawing of this for my friend but like <laughs> i think for both of us this is sort of where we step away right like yeah. we go this was great this was amazing this is their apex probably and now it's time to grow up and now the american noise underground's happening and weird freak folks happening and all right. these things are and we're growing to be certain ages and things like that and it's like harder and harder to find why i would stay so aligned to this one band right and there's sort of a there's a nice crystallization of like it being the pivot point in their career like will they ever they as far as I can tell, they will never come back to this. This is the peak in a lot of ways yep. from a songwriting perspective, not in popularity or anything. But well, um, can, and you, can you imagine what the the sort of um, canon on Rancid would be if they 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 never made another album after this? Oh, I know. Like, they would be, be considered. I mean, I do think they are one of the greatest American rock bands of the last 30 years, like full stop. But if you took out everything post 2000, cause you think, you know, you think about like up Ivy is fucking great, but up Ivy had one record. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the they're totally built around the fact that they had two years, you know, right. like there's a big part of it. that it Right. Two years. Just like Nirvana, you know, like right. people make all those jokes about what he would be doing today and you like, would be disappointed. Like, right. Longevity. I mean, there are very few artists that, well, there's, I mean, there's a handful, but long, like yeah, longevity. We're getting better at that for sure. I think everybody, <laughs> we're getting better at supporting and letting people grow into being yeah. older. But in this genre, in this, like, yes, I fully agree. Another thing I think we might want to explain for our, you know, listeners who maybe aren't as clued in, I think it's probably pretty big sacrilege that we are saying this is the best Rancid song. Ever. I don't oh, think you're yeah. going to find a lot of Rancid fans that will say that. I don't think you'd find yeah that this is the best song and that this is the best record. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think the best record's probably a little bit more likely, but best song for sure. They're probably like okay, and then I get past that pop song, and then you know, yeah, and then the good stuff plays. But like, you know, for the reader, for the listener, sort of context for sure. Like this, this is a pretty controversial pick, <laughs> and it's pretty wild that we are. We, in, but- <laughs> I, think, it's I like, think there's something to be said about like the, it was the last one that we could hold on to and be like oh my god and then we went off into like we almost went on that trip you know what I mean like, right. like we were like oh they're gonna come with us right and and that's yeah and and that's a whole other conversation about well <laughs> right but you know I mean yeah I mean that's what that's what it felt like and that's it was um and then you know it didn't happen and then lots of stuff happened uh, I I mean I think we could go on and on about this record. I think the biggest thing I would, I would, um, or the song, I the biggest thing I would say to anybody listening to this is go really listen to this song. Go really look at the lyrics. Yeah. Go um, listen to like that the... outro. Oh. Uh, you know, God, it's one of my favorite little simple outros of any song. You know, great fade out outro. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, just the way it ends with that. Yeah, it is so good. Everything and, about uh, this song is, I mean, the, it every little detail is just it's nailed. It's just so good. So, like, we're that was probably a pretty like loose conversation on this, but it's because it's such an overwhelming feeling of like, yeah, yeah this is the apex of Rancid. This is it. Yep. This is um, there might be things that mean more to us, but right. this is the best one ever. Yeah, and. and 
and honestly, like as I agree that it's probably a controversial pick, but I, I think it's their best song. I have ever. no and, doubt, personally. Yeah, and I don't, and I, and I don't think it's, and I don't think it's particularly close. Yeah. Like it's their I, best by like a country mile. <laughs> so crazy. It's such a weird thing that this is the album with this song, but it's it makes a lot of sense to me, and I fully agree. And I've got a lot of conflicting, as we said, conflicting opinions about like. It's a, yeah. such a bummer that it never got fulfilled. The promise of the song never was fulfilled. But, um, yeah, if nothing else, everybody should go listen to the song ten more times. It is yeah. wonderful. Yeah. All right. So we've come to the the moment I'm always excited and afraid of. <laughs> what's yeah. the What's the next pick? Well, we we kind of set this up. Oh boy. <laughs> we uh, I think six episodes is about time. That we've talked around it a little bit. I think we got to talk about Fall Back Down. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> Might be a longer episode again. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack. So yeah. we'll talk about it. Okay. All right. Fall Back Down. Um, all right. Thanks, uh, as always, for listening. You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at RancidPod. And we'll see you in a week. Take it easy, Sam. Thank you.